first scripture that God gave me was uh, Hebrews 13, 5 through 7. And it says, and I'm going to read a lot probably, then more to talk. But it'll, it'll um, hopefully it'll make sense. It says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. Oops. Now there went that. Okay. Is that good? Nope. Okay. And for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, I will not fear what, what can man do to me. It continues on in verse 7. It says, remember those who rule over you. That's the pastors of this church, right? That's God has placed them in this house who have spoken the word of God to you whose faith follow concerning the outcome of their conduct. So we're told by the Lord that because he will always be with us that we should not fear. Okay? Think about it. Okay? Fear paralyzes us causes doubt, unbelief, and breaks our connection with God. And because we have heard these words from God himself to us personally, each one of us, okay, that's, that's the focal point. When God speaks a word into your life, that's the, that's the thing that's needed right then, that he knows, all right, and to grab hold of it with all that you are, okay, not only when we hear these words, but these words make a difference inside of us, okay? Because he says this, I'm not only not to fear, but I'm to be bold. Major impact. For me, I'm sitting here waiting to come up and all the what-ifs in my head and please, Lord, be with me. And I know that he is, but it's, you know, and, but when you step... When you step in obedience, he meets you, okay? And that's very important to know. So don't let the fear keep you from taking a step, okay? So if we're worshiping and praising and praying, fellowshipping with the Lord, and he speaks to me through his word, that should and will literally change you. Very important to know, okay? To continue on with that same verse, remember those who rule over you, Again, our pastors, our leaders, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. What I want and what you should, too, is to see that those who rule over me are also being ruled by the word of God. Okay? So we have been most blessed to have the pastors of this church, Dwayne and Malcolm and Mike and Joel and Ryan. We have heard the word of God not only preached to us, but also lived out before us. This is exactly what Mary's talking about, okay? They've had years of walking with the Lord, experiences of faith and of trust, and being corrected and responding to that correction properly. That's just part of the deal, right, of walking with the Lord. They know that emotions and thinking not based on the word of God are a trap sent by Satan. So all these thoughts that can come in, what's happening? What's happening? No, God's word, God's spirit, okay? That's what keeps you in that right place with the Lord, okay? Satan did it to Adam and Eve, right? And he was successful, okay? But 
Satan tried to do it with Jesus, and Jesus gave him the word, okay? It was not successful, okay? He resisted the devil with the word, and that's exactly what the, what the word says. It says to resist the devil, and he will flee, okay? Okay, okay. So the first Monday night of prayer, um, something happened inside of me, my observations, because there was a lot of fervency. There was emotional praying. There was all these things going on and crying out to the Lord, and then something happened, at least for me, that I observed. And in the midst of all these people crying and praying, rebuking the devils, crying and screaming out, Mike got up, and he started going from group to group to group and started praying for people. The one who needed prayer the most was going out and praying. What, it, what did it say? It said, remember those, right? Watch how they are. Watch them. That impacted my heart. In the midst of the worst thing happening, all right, your life's on the line. I mean, that's what's happening with Mike, all right? And yet he stayed true to who he is in God, period. Great, great, great example for all of us, okay? Let's see. So second scripture is Ephesians 5.13. And it says, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Okay? Kind of heady words, huh? Simple, God's word is the light that exposes darkness. Plain and simple. So it goes on and it says, therefore he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Walk circumspectly. I started to think about that, and I asked the Lord, would you please give me an example of what it means to walk circumspectly, okay? How many of you, if you were in war and you knew that there were landmines in front of you, would you just go and rush in? You'd be very, very careful how you're going to walk, okay? That's life. That's life. We are so unaware and we're so easy to be blown up by just blundering in, so walk circumspectly. That takes prayer, right? That takes seeking God's face. That takes God giving you his word in the moment where you're at. It's such a big deal, okay? There's lots of people with limbs missing because that's what happened, okay? Um, Redeeming the time, that's the other word in this. And for me, it's making the most of today Every day, okay? So there's such, such an important thing, and it's being lived out before us, all right? Just as Mayor said, what the Splons are going through, everyone, but of course, especially Mike and Cheryl, that is being lived out before us, all right? And it's, we need that. We need examples sometimes, all right? Because we have stuff in our life, and we, wait a minute, my God in heaven, what I'm going through, 
that's nothing in comparison to what they're going through. So we have to have these examples before us, and God knows it, all right? I didn't expect Mare to come up and talk. I didn't. And as soon as she talked, it just smoothed my heart out. <laughs> it was God going before me. So it's a terrific thing. So here we have, again, in the beginning, in Hebrews 13, it says, he says, I'm with you. Now, in the Ephesians, it says, therefore, he says, okay? Without the he says in our lives, you end up sleepwalking through life. That's what, it, that's what that verse really means. That's why he's saying, be aware. When I shine my light, be aware. Don't, don't be in darkness, all right? Don't be, don't be asleep at the wheel, all right? It's, it's, and, and these are words of correction, but they're words of encouragement, all right? It's, when we're intimate with Jesus, we avoid the dead zones of life, and the word of God becomes a light to our path and a lamp to our feet. That's such... It makes these little scriptures so powerful because... You have application to your lives. So whatever is causing you to fear or causing you to sleep spiritually or causing you to be dead spiritually, understand that the enemy of our souls is trying to keep you out of the battle. Okay? Hasn't kept Mike and Cheryl out of the battle. Right? And that's the encouragement for us. All right? The enemy knows that if we get a hold of the he says as we read his word, he's done in. We have the victory, okay, no matter what. Paul never lost sight of God's personal words to him. He was, and this is out of 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four, and And it goes on and it says that he was beaten he was stoned, he was shipwrecked, he was dealing with robbers, he had sleepless nights, and was often hungry and thirsty and cold daily. Daily. Okay. But it says that at the end of all that, his deep concern was for all the churches. We need the example. Okay, we're facing battles. Okay, we're fine. Just like just like what Mayor said, all the little intimate things that each of us is going through. God knows, God knows, but we need to know how to go through them. Okay, and this is what is before us. So we need not to be set aside but to keep pressing forward to the upward call that the Lord has on our lives because that's what the enemy wants to do. And God wants us to just keep put one foot in front of another, keep seeking his face. I'm always with you. All right. We have a valley filled with people who are most assuredly asleep and dying. So I'd ask the Lord to kind of tie all this, and he gave me a couple of examples, a couple of pictures to see, all right? I'm always with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you, so I should, not, so I should say I will not fear, all right? And the other one is don't be asleep, okay? So 
We have a valley very much like Israel at the time of Gideon, far from the Lord in bondage, and they don't even know why. Right? Very, they're very impoverished, earthly and spiritually. So this go down a few of the, of the verses and create a picture. Let's make a scenario here. Verse 1 says that the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And it goes on in 2, and the hand of the Midianites prevailed against Israel. They lived in dens and caves in the mountains. Not much of an abundant life, was it? No matter how hard they tried to sow and reap, the Midianites would come and consume and destroy their crops. But what they didn't understand was that this, these were consequences of how they lived. Okay? Deuteronomy 28 talks about the curses for disobedience, right? for forsaking the Lord. Right? Do you know you can come to church and you can do the same thing? It's true. It's true. They were so impoverished that they finally cried out to God. Verse 11 talks about God hears their cry and he starts to answer that cry with a visitation to Gideon. God's first words to Gideon were, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. But Gideon's response was, I come from the least of the least. I'm the least in my family, and my family's the least in my tribe, all right? But the words to hear are, the Lord is with you. Wasn't that the very first scripture we read, Hebrews 13, 5? I am always with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you, okay? Gideon wants to know, and this is paraphrased, obviously, but where have you been? He says, what about the the great miracles you did before? It's kind of our response in our prayers. Where you been, God? How come you're not showing up? All right? But, but God was after something. Okay? He didn't call Gideon to the mat yet because what he wants to do is establish himself with Gideon, which is exactly what God wants to do with us. I am always with you. I will never leave you. That's got to be inside of us so deep. Okay? He says again, Go in this midst of you, in the, this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Second word to Gideon from God. Gideon wants to make sure. No, I'm sorry. Let me. I got to read my own writing here. It says, after he says that I am the least, but God says, but but surely I am with you. So he's told him. He's told them, I'm with you. Have I not sent you? And reinforces again that I surely I will be with you. Okay. Gideon wants to make sure, and everybody knows the story about the fleeces, so about the next eight verses, he's just confirming, man, I'm hearing from God, all right? Throws these fleeces, and he finally gets that inside of him, yes, I am, okay? But now comes a turn. You would think, think of the natural, Okay? I'm sending you out, and you're going to go defeat this enemy. And what would you think would be your next instructions? Well, let me show you some karate moves. Let me go sharpen your sword. Let me, you know, whatever. You're going to prepare for battle, right? That's not what God tells him. God tells him, take a couple of bulls, 
and go tear down the idols. Tear down the altar and the idol of Baal, all right? And burn and make a sacrifice. Use that wood to make a sacrifice to him. Okay. Very important to understand because God is on the move and God wants to move. Okay. The Lord knew exactly why they were impoverished. It was their idolatry. Before they could be delivered, their sin had to be dealt with. Do we have sin to be dealt with? Are we seeking first the kingdom of God? Here's our example. God's presenting it right before our eyes. You cannot miss this. God's making it so obvious, painfully obvious, but obvious. Is there apathy and complacency? I heard those words preached a couple weeks ago. Okay, are we asleep at the will? Are we dead in spirit? God is on the move. Mike said it over and over again. We've heard it, right? Elijah, God gave me this little picture, and Elijah told his servant to go and look and tell him what he saw. He said, Seven times, nothing, okay? The last time it was, finally he saw a cloud the size of a man's hand. We've seen, God's, we've seen God's spirit moving a little, like the size of a man's hand. But what did, what did Elijah ne- next say? He knew, he says, get ready, cause, and there's a great rain coming. Okay? But we have, to, we have to grab a hold of these words to us, all right? Don't be asleep. Be assured that I am with you. All right, take steps. There's battle going on, all right? And the subtlety of the enemy is just not, 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 not to fight you, but just to put you aside so you won't be in the battle, okay? The words, the words uh, as I was writing this, uh, um, God, God put a couple words in my heart right, right away, and it was what was spoken when Jesus, when John the Baptist and when Jesus was here, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Think about this personally to where we are. Prepare ye the way of the Lord, all right? The kingdom of God is at hand, okay? So there was one more picture that God gave me, and it's um, John 2, and it's 13 through 17. And I, I, I want to read, read it because I think it's important to hear these words. It says, Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and he found in the temple those who sold, and even sheep and doves, and the money changers doing business. The words that stood out for me were, and he found in the temple. Okay. This house, this house. What's he finding? Okay. When he made, when he, this Jesus, made a whip of cords, he drove them, them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he, and he said to those who sold doves, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. The me is capital M. He's talking about Jesus. This is exactly 
the example that the zeal for God and his house, that's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus is in doing. Okay? We need examples. Okay? It also says that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Lord will not allow us to use this temple any way we want. He's a jealous God. Okay? He's just as zealous about this house and our personal houses as he was for the temple of Jerusalem. Okay. Is this, think of the sermons that have been given the last month or so. Is this why the Holy Spirit through Dwayne was talking about being a soldier and having the mind of Christ? Single-minded towards God? And Ryan speaking about apathy and complacency. And Mike and Cheryl talking about uh, staying faithful and being seated in heavenly places. Okay. Now don't fall asleep spiritually or be dead spiritually. God is a jealous God and he wants us to stay in step with what he's doing. That be it. <laughs>